As promised, my special edition podcast for Relentless Life on Your Terms with a very special guest, Andrew McKenzie, the General Manager for Fundraising at Vinnie St. Paul's. After I uh, post my two nights out on the streets to raise much needed funds and awareness for the Vinnie CEO Sleepout. Andrew, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, Chris. I've come from my nice warm bed. It's Saturday morning. You've done two nights out on the street. We haven't had the chance to talk over this. I'm really keen to hear. You've had a unique experience. You've had an insight that very few people have had going out on the street to understand what life's like out there for so many thousands and thousands of Victorians. And really interested to hear what you've got to share about your fascinating insights. I'm happy to share. Fire away. So first of all, you took your wife out. You took Billy out with you on the first night. I did. And I always thought that was a brave thing on the first night as well. You know, so let's start with her. How did she find it? To be honest, um, there was parts of the process where I thought, I don't know if that was so wise and so smart, because um, I was a little bit worried for her, being the both of us being there. Um, from a pure selfish point, I enjoyed having her company and her being by my side and enjoying this experience. It's something that we're both so passionate about. How was her experience? Um, to be, to be fr- frank, it was frightening at the start because obviously it was very confronting. So our biggest thoughts were, where are we gonna sleep? The cold's gonna be our number one challenge, but it actually wasn't. Um, Being on the streets and obviously certain people, random people coming up and felt confronting or or yelling or for whatever what reason really scared her and terrified her. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel even more empathetic to the fact that, you know, these people have been on the streets for so long their mindset and their mental state, what would it be like being in that state? So it was scary to, be, to answer your question, but it also made me think that, you know, it's like I've said a few times, the only way to get out of a dark place is to show light. You can't put more, more darkness there. So we need to do more. And um, as, as a couple, it's a trade we need to do more. I was ecstatic when she went home because I didn't have to worry about her anymore. And she was as well. And to her defense, after we had a pretty horrific incident, I said, go home. She, she goes, no, I need to do this. So she stayed out and yes, we're walking from 10 o'clock to 3.30 at night, looking for somewhere to stay. We eventually um, ended up at the end of the main street. There was a 24-hour construction zone there. And there's just, yeah, we we're at a place where, you know, people confronted us. They asked me how much my runners were and things like that. And they, they, one was recently incarcerated, one was on the streets for 13 years and just recently got stabbed, was at a hospital a week ago. And all that made me think was, wow, we have no idea what these people go through, what's going on in their mind, their mental state. And it made me want to do so much more, but it also made me mindful of, you know, it's the sleep, sleeping alone, it is dangerous, sleeping on the streets, and I also, had an epiphany, which my wife asked me the question, I never even realized. A lot of the times you walk past people homelessness and they're sleeping during the day, have you noticed that? And I always thought to myself, wow, people must have the misconception, why are you sleeping during the day? Well, what we learned is why they're sleeping during the day, because at nighttime they're scared, so they're staying up and awake. So we stayed up from till 3.30, we might've got an hour and a half sleep. The following day I went back there, and I don't require much sleep, I'm usually an early bird, I went back there during the day and for 45 minutes I dozed off in the middle of the city, on the grass, only a night two, to give you an idea. So we walked past and our misconceptions are, you know, why are you sleeping in the day? You shouldn't be sleeping. But they might be scared of being mugged, robbed, or, or something much worse. 
And when I actually experienced it, and before I even slept the next day, Billy goes, that's probably why they're just worried about what's happening tonight. Who's going to come? And you know, you've heard stories when people got, got attacked or robbed in the middle of the night. And I thought to myself, wow, we're thinking of just where to sleep. Other people that are ex genuinely experiencing this are thinking, am I safe here? And it just it, it opened a different it opened a different side of me to thought, wow, it's, there's so many things we have no idea what's going on. And it's dark. It's Melbourne. It's winter. It's dark from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m. It's a long night, isn't it? Yeah, it was at that 6 and 7, 7.15, 7.20, the sun goes up. And it's, you know what, being alone out there, not, I'm not referring to my circumstance, must be so scary. It's two nights. I mean, let's face it, it's not much. I mean, my, my back, my bones a little bit out. is a little bit different. Two nights. I met a lady that was there for, for 13 years. So I just, I don't know how they do it. So, so w tell us about what, what did you eat? Because uh, I know you took nothing with you. You took no money, no food, no anything. But what, what, I ate before I went. Man? I did. So uh, there's all my stuff there. So I came from directly out. I haven't been home. I came directly out from last night to here. I came to the office a little bit early last night. So stayed on the streets for part of the night. Then I came here, did some work, and I was waiting for you. So I didn't want to go home too. So this is, what did I eat? I'm very, very lucky. I have so many friends, family, people. I said, don't bring food. Two people still rocked up, they bought something. Really? So uh, look, um, I can't even, I'm in no position to comment on how hard it must be. I did sit down on the street for many hours during both days, looking at people, putting my hand out, asking for change. And what I noticed, people walking a lot faster, people making an effort to not look at me. I, tried to t I took my Vinny's beanie off for half the time, so I was doing an experiment. The other half, I had a normal beanie on because I didn't want to stand out. I looked like, where's Wally with this beanie? So um, I noticed people just didn't want to know. They were working faster. And I feel there's an element of people walk past people. And I'm not saying all, all people might judge someone that's in those circumstances or might just walk past. It's not my job, not my business or not my responsibility. And everyone's prerogatives to think how they want. So I'm not saying what's right or what's wrong. I'm saying what, what I feel is right as a person and what, what I feel being a good human being is about. And giving is contagious. I've said it many, many times. And showing empathy and compassion and kindness, I think, is a superpower. So showing kindness, I think, is very, very important. And I only do what I want someone to do that if I was sitting in that position, I act exactly the same way. I'd want you to walk past, say hello, smile at me, maybe give me some food, maybe give me some money. I act exactly as I'd want you to act towards me. No more, no less. So as a fellow human being, I would want the same. Treat you like a human. Correct. And also, if you're in a position to give, I think nothing's more powerful because I think being in a position and referring to wealth, it only accentuates who you are as a person. It actually... It, it doesn't build character, it reveals it. It will show who you are as a person. So for me, I'm fortunate enough and privileged enough to have done quite well in my career. Now, I want to do a lot more, offer a legacy and to show my kids the sort of world that I want to live in or the sort of world that I want to leave behind. So um, it actually made me want to, if I was in first gear before, it made me want to really step on and do a lot more for Vinnie's or for such organizations. Well, you were one of uh, 300 CEOs in uh, Victoria who, uh, who slept out. You two nights, everybody else one night. 
uh, and we've just raised over a million dollars uh, in Victoria, which will go to the cause, which is fantastic, uh, amazing in, this, in these difficult days. So we're so thankful to all the CEOs, we're so thankful to you. And what, what you, you've said lots of key words that I picked up on. Um, frightened, scared, um, you know, lack of sleep, food, friendship that you had, all these things. You went out a second night what were you, were you, was your antenna up? Were you looking at different things? You know, what did you see? Funny enough, when I was sitting in front of the donut shop, I sat there because I love the smell of donuts. <laughs> Don't we all? And we're walking past. I had the guy that approached us the night before come up to me and speak to me again. And he goes, mate, he goes, you're a legend, mate. I love you. And I go, thanks, mate. And we just started talking. I got to know a few people in their circumstances because I bought a ton of... Uh, I bought beanies, ear warmers and gloves and I was handing them out and I, was, and I made a, an effort to speak to people and not, not make an effort because I always do, but had a lot more time. And a lot of them asked me for money and for the ones I said, no, I didn't have any and I wish I had money on me for that sake, but I was giving things out and just seeing some of the things really saddened me to see people of all ages, you know, of, that have had the really hard circumstances. One guy that I met, who was one of the guys that frightened Billy, but was incarcerated. Second time, he was out only for one or two nights. He's back on the street. And I thought to myself, what a vicious cycle yeah. to break. Yeah. Now, I don't know what he did. I didn't want to get into too much of that because my wife was terrified at that point because there was three people there and that's, that's what really spooked her. My thoughts were, wow, how, um, how challenging that must be to to get into a cycle to not break out. And as you've mentioned to me before, people are second, third generation homeless people. What a cycle to break. Yeah. It's not one, yeah. it's second, third generation. And you've seen people, accomplished people in careers, people that have done well for themselves financially have lost it all. Because when a cycle happens, it happens in a quick downward spiral. Now I can't con attest to know what that's like, but being 24, I lost everything. I had to move back into my mother's house. I had a debt of 348,000. But at my mother's house, I had food, I had shelter, I had warmth. Yes, I rebuilt myself, but imagine these circumstances. So for me, and I'm not ashamed to say, I was very happy to do this uh, podcast and to go home and see my family and kids. Yep. And I, was, um, I knew that I had an end date. My wife had an end date, and I was so happy when she had hers. But for the people that don't, it's just alarming. And what you mentioned before, the 1,555 CEOs, and we only had a goal of 2.4 million because of COVID. Last year, we raised 7.866. 1,643 CEOs, I remember. Nationally. But yeah. Nationally. Yeah. 330 when you look at all Victoria, Melbourne, uh, Geelong and all that. But this year, to have a stretch goal of 4 million, then 5 million, and to supersede 55 Five, five, two, one. We're currently at, and I know I've got another 15, 20 grand to go. So I saw ten short in Melbourne. I go, we're going to hit that. I was just so proud. Yeah, well, no, we, we, it, it, the first night out, it was not that cold. It was nine degrees. You know, so that's not a that's not a bad winter in Melbourne. And last night it was it was wet. Yeah. yeah? But it wasn't that cold again, right? So, it wasn't that what do you? Last year. Yeah. So, thinking about those people though who are doing this, as you said, night in, night out, on the wet days, on the cold days, and they're the people who Vinnie's and the volunteers are there for, and they're the people who want to say thank you to you and to Billy for for going, you know, literally that extra mile to be able to ensure that we can help those people not just two nights, 
but every night of the year, and that's what the cause is all about. Thank you. It's a great organisation. So part, so happy to be a part of it. I'm very close to my goal. There's no doubt I hit it next year. I've put an even bigger goal, the 100K, so we'll hit that as well. And to all the CEOs out there, to everyone that's donated, to everyone that shared the links from the bottom of my heart and all the other CEOs, you're the reason that we get up and do this. Because of you, you guys are the real unsung heroes. And behind the scenes, Vinny's, I've not met one person at Vinny's which I didn't think, wow, what a great person, very philanthropic, and I'm proud to be working alongside them and all you CEOs. And just a small insight into what me and my wife experienced, I cannot even imagine what it's like for people that are experiencing this every day. And all I know is I want to step on it and make and have even more of an impact because this is an issue that's not going away. It's probably going to get worse due to COVID. It's our responsibility as leaders to do something. Please get behind me and stand alongside me and Vinny's and let's do something about this to end homelessness.